Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School Class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Glad you're here today. Today is week 13 of the fifth part of uh, systematic theology, the application of redemption, and today we end the application of redemption. So if you have enjoyed this, then I'm sorry it's over. If you haven't enjoyed this, then hey, it's over. So uh, either way. So let's do our uh, scripture memory passage review. We've got 1 Corinthians 15, 42, 43, and or 44. And some, some pretty... Some pretty short ones in there, if you wanted to glance over real quick. and oh, There we go. We got it. Anybody else? Going once? Going twice? All right, so Miss Amy, I think I saw you up first. So. Is that okay? That's fine. Awesome, good. So also is the resurrection of the body. It is sown in corruption. It yep. is raised in incorruption. Yes. It is sown in dishonor. Yep. It is raised in glory. Yep. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Yep. It is sown in a... Natural body, it is raised in a spiritual body. I so want to do hand motions for this, but I, don't, I can't make them up off the top of my head. So. I got some. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. There is a natural body and a spiritual body. Nice. All three. Excellent. Good job. So before Darla says hers, I've got to tell a quick little story. So Darla sent me an email this week, and you guys may or may not know how Darla does her uh, scripture memory, but she writes it on a 3 by 5 card, and then I think just like says it over and over and over and over and over again, right? Right. So, and she breaks it up into the different phrases. Well, uh, the words that are in today's text are sown, 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 S-O-W-N, sown, sown, sown. And in one of Darla's words that she had written was? Sown, S-E-W-N. S-E-W-N, yes. I read it like that until Wednesday. <laughs> and if you don't know, Darla's big into uh, all things sewing, S-E-W-I-N-G. And uh, so that made me, it was a Freudian slip. It was a fantastic one. So, all right. So now that you're, you're up. (laughs) So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. Yes. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. Yes. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Yes. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Yes. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, then there is also a spiritual body. Bam! I like it. I should have asked her to spell sown each time she did it, but I, I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. Awesome. Ms. Shannon, which verses are we doing? All three. Awesome. Good deal. <laughs> uh, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Yes. The body is um, sown in corruption. Yes. It is raised in incorruption. Yes. It is sown in weakness. Uh, it is sown in... Dishonor, yep. it is raised in glory. Yes. It is sown in weakness. Now, yeah. It is raised in power. Yes. There is a, sorry, the body is. Um, You're right. It is a body. Yep. Uh, it is sown a, sown a 
natural body yep. was raised a spiritual body. Yep. There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. Nice. Woo! Got it. <laughs> this is like the comma ex just explosion extravaganza here, right? Ours. Miss Carrie, which ones are we doing? Oh. Mm -hmm. What is this trifecta today? All right, go. Let's do it. And so it is with the resurrection of the dead. Uh, what is sown in incorruption? Corruption. Yes. Raised in incorruption. Good, right? What is sown in dishonor will be yes. raised in glory. Glory, right? And then what is sown in weakness will be raised in power. Yes, that's right. And then, um, <laughs> and then what is sown in a natural body will be raised in spiritual body. Yes. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Yes, there is. That is awesome. Good job. Excellent. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, so now you get a uh, prize for each one of the verses that you say. So that's three for each. So clean me out. It's awesome. So uh, today we are in uh, a lot of different places. If you hadn't already looked at your handout, there are a lot of highlighted verses. So we will be moving. Uh, I saw a good joke on the internet this morning. It says, um, we do not believe in Chick-fil-A Bibles. <clears throat> they should not be closed on Sunday. So we are going to be open and moving and rapid. That was awful, wasn't it? <laughs> I read that and I immediately knew that I had to say that today. This is good stuff. All right, so we're going to finish up uh, application of redemption, so let's quickly review. So we've looked at common grace. This is what uh, blessings, not part of salvation. We've looked at election, this, this uh, choosing of the saved. Uh, we've looked at calling, uh, both the Holy Spirit's call and the gospel call. We've looked at regeneration. This is being born again. We've looked at conversion, this turning from sin uh, through repentance and uh, to faith in Christ. Uh, we looked at justification. This is God declaring our sin to be forgiven so that we have a, light, a right legal standing before Him and the obtainment of uh, Christ's righteousness. We've looked at adoption, which is membership in God's family. Uh, we looked at sanctification, this growing more like Jesus Christ. Uh, we took a week and looked at baptism in and filling with the Holy Spirit. And it's not a part of salvation, but it's a, it's a big chunk of the power with which we do things. We looked at the perseverance of the saints. This is remaining a Christian all the way up into including death. Uh, we looked at death and how that's a good thing for the believer. And then last week we looked at glorification, which is receiving a resurrection body. So a lot of different topics here. Uh, and then today we're going to look at union with Christ. Now, how many of you have heard this phrase before, union with Christ? Heard this phrase before, a couple? Yeah. Anybody ever heard the phrase mystical union? Theologically similar terms. So I want you to be familiar with that as well. Uh, but every aspect of this application of redemption is connected to Jesus Christ. So I want to, I want to talk about something real quick before we get into the lesson. So, uh, Josh, can you hit those lights real quick? Sorry, Miss Carrie. Thank you. Uh, so Josh just interrupted something. What did Josh just interrupt? Sunday school. Sunday, so he just interrupted Sunday school. <laughs> and we're bitter about it, aren't we? Yes, no. Uh, he just interrupted Sunday school. And how did he interrupt Sunday school? He... he now, Josh, did you turn the power off? He, thank you very much. You interrupted the flow of electrons from the other side of that wall into this room. Now, there's a generating unit somewhere with a big turbine that is spinning like crazy right now. And that thing is generating electricity. And it can generate all the electricity at once. But if there are no transmission lines that take that power and send it somewhere, those benefits of that electricity stay right in that powerhouse, and it doesn't do anything. Hit those lights for me. The connection that we have to all of those different components of the application of redemption is Jesus Christ. He is what connects the benefits of salvation to us. 
There is no other connection. I don't get to participate in any of the benefits of salvation unless it is through a direct connection with Jesus Christ. So, that's my big hairy analogy for today. So I want you to be thinking about that and all these different relationships that we have with Christ as we move through this process. So let's get you a definition. Because if you look in the Bible, you will not actually see the phrase union with Christ. So here's your definition. Union with Christ is a phrase. That is your blank, yes. Phrase. It is used to summarize several different relationships between believers and Christ through which Christians receive every benefit of salvation. Now, we are not talking about unbelievers today. This is only for believers. This is only for believers. And the, the, the reason I wanted you to write in the word phrase is that there are a lot of theological terms that we make up to help us categorize really complicated, sprawling topics, and this is one. This has a lot of moving parts. So the four different parts that we're going to look at are the fact that we are in Christ, that Christ is in us, that we are like Christ, and we are with Christ. So those are the the four different components of this definition of union with Christ. So let's look at the first one, A. We are in Christ. Now, if you've been at Stuart Heights very long at all, you've heard Gary talk about this being a technical term, so we're going to look at this a couple different ways. So let's go to Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 12. And, and, you know, this phrase, in Christ, it can talk about a, a variety of perspectives and time periods. So we're going to look at the first time period of in God's eternal plan. So before we showed up, before we showed up, number two is during Christ's time on earth. Three is during our lives now. And then four will be, um, I'm sorry, three. Yes, just three. Yes. We'll get to four. It's kind of a little bit later in the lesson. All right, so who's got Ephesians 1, 3 through 12? You got it? I think I saw a musical hand over here. You're either leading this table in song or you want to be called on. I'm not sure which one it is. So, awesome. Great. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. There it is, right? Great. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So does that sound like before I was born or after I was born? That's way before I was born. (laughs) Way. I even got the eyebrow that went up. Way before I was born. Yes. Excellent. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory. So why did God save us? It was the good pleasure of His will. It made Him happy. It made Him happy. Made him happy. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, I just got distracted with God's happy. Julie doesn't let me dance in public. It's okay. To the praise of the glory. I was waiting for it. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the beloved, mm. in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins, yeah. according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, 
that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Amen. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in we are in Christ. And this was not uh, this plan that came up, oh no, Adam and Eve sinned, we've got to go before the foundation of the world. 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. And you'll notice that there are a lot of Bible verses on your handout today. So, a whole lot. I got Dave here first, sorry. Go ahead. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us uh, with his holy calling, not according to his works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Yeah, so just in case we thought that Paul kind of had it mixed up in Ephesians, we've got it here in 2 Timothy, and this actually is several different times in the New Testament, this, this idea that we are in Christ, and this was before the foundations of the earth were laid. So then also during Christ's life on earth, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 1.30. Um, one of the things that is really interesting is that the we've talked about uh, that theological concept of justification, uh, where we are righteous before God and that we get Christ's righteousness. And, and he, he was righteous before He came to the earth. Before He walked on the earth, He was righteous and holy. And, almost said but, and while He walked on the earth, He did righteous activities and deeds. And we get that righteousness as well, which is fantastic stuff. So look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. Who's got it? Sammy, you got it? But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Which is kind of cool because, I mean, it, it feels like maybe things, there was uh, wisdom and sancti- sanctification and righteousness and redemption. and redemption. So you got four things there. And he didn't say you get to pick one. <laughs> But wait, there's more, right? There's, it's just so rich. There's so much to this. So we get His righteousness, because if I had to rely on my righteousness, I am in trouble. And then 2 Corinthians 5.21, Ms. Darley, you got that? Oh, I thought you were, yes. Um, for Mike. God took the sinless Christ and poured into Him our sins. Then in exchange, He poured God's goodness into us. Yeah, which is fantastic, right? Because if I get His righteousness, that's wonderful, but I, this, this sin... That's still got to that's got to go somewhere. So Jesus took that and then swapped it out with me, and this is this beautiful exchange, which is a wonderful thing. First Peter two, twenty four. Josh, you got it. Josh gives me this awesome little head nod. It's like, yep, I got it. I'm over here, cool. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Yeah. So he, he dealt with this where? On the, cross. On the cross. And was that a singular event in history? Yes. yes. And it need not be repeated, which is fantastic. So, so we get his righteousness. He gets our sin. He deals with that sin. Let's look at Galatians 2.20. Anybody quote this one? You can if you're looking at the screen, right? We'll, we'll do that. Okay, great. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, 
who loved me and gave himself up for me. Yeah, he gave himself for us, and I get to swap out my death with his death, and his death is a better death so that I can then live. It is a beautiful thing. And then our blessings, Ephesians 1.3, uh, back where we started, uh, if you still have Ephesians 1, I should have told you to keep your finger there, but I didn't. It, it is just stunning to me. So you just are banking on the fact that I'm not going to be in the Old Testament today, right? Well, is that the idea here? All right. I'm flipping through it, and I'm like, I don't think that I am going to be in the Old Testament today. I'll have to make something up. Ephesians, okay. I don't either. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Yes. In Christ, right? In Christ. So we don't get all of that other stuff unless we are in Christ. It just doesn't work that way. So it's not just a, oh, that's a nice little phrase to tack on to the end of a verse. No, that is the transmission line that takes the blessing to the believer. It's got to happen that way. So, And then also, not just during Christ's life on earth, but during our lives now. So Galatians uh, 2.20, there's four different perspectives on this. So we'll look at... uh, how the benefits of salvation are applied to our lives. So we have died and been raised with Christ, which we looked at Galatians 2.20 just a second ago. So, so what's our status in that verse, in Galatians 2.20? What? We're dead. Yes. And is that okay? Yeah, because that's how God set it up. So I'm going to say that's okay, right? Great, good. Um, so we are dead to, those infl- to that sinful life. It's not just dead and he leaves us dead. It's dead to the sinful life. And then we get alive in Christ. And now we can do something. See, before, I could do all the good, air quotes, that I want to do. And it's not connected to anything. I have no power to, this is, no. I come to Christ, I die in Christ. I'm made alive in Christ, and now this changes everything. So 1 Peter uh, 2, 24. You weren't going to let me stay dead and just be okay with dead, were you? You almost had a heart attack over well, here. I, just... was, I was about to say, what if you were alive to yourself? Your sinful nature would overcome anything Absolutely. that you wanted to do good, so you have to be dead to self to be alive yeah. in Christ. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Lots of death and life there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell when Jay gets excited because he just... And usually Miss Becky will kind of pat him on the arm, and it's just it's it's very like just calming for him sometimes. And sometimes he's just like, mm. <laughs> I love it. All right, First Peter two twenty four. All right, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Yeah. See, I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna let us off. We we live for righteousness in. Christ. So we, we have died and been raised with Christ, which is great. Then we come to 1 John 5.11. 1 John 5.11. Tuesday, Tuesday is a special day. Tuesday, he's jacked in. I'm actually speaking to you, but that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Tuesday is a special day, right? Yes. Why is it a special day? He turned 28. Excellent. Well, happy birthday. Hope you have a great day on Tuesday. I would sing to you, but I, I, don't, I don't sing, so that's all right. Amen. So, see? <laughs> so you've amen, no dance, and no sing. I'll so. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Well, the problem is my back's so bad, I probably would break down right here. So that's the, that's the bad part. All right. That was as good as I could do off the cuff. First John 5.11. First John 5.11. He's got it. Did I, I didn't read this already, did I? No, okay. I was going to say, this is one of my favorites. All right, here we go. You've been waiting patiently. Here we go, Skip. All right. And this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Yeah. So can I find it anywhere else? No. No. No, I can't find it anywhere else. I, I, I've told you guys before about a guy I'm talking with at work. His name is Bill. Bill is back at work. He was out for uh, about five weeks and uh, had a near-death encounter. Had a, uh, uh, all kinds of stuff with his heart went wrong, and he's got a really crazy stuff going on right now. And he and I have been talking. We were talking before about Jesus, and now we're talking a lot about Jesus. And he asked me about a week and a half ago, he said, why does it always have to be about Jesus? I was like, okay, you, you're, you've got it. <laughs> you, we, I have not dropped the football, <laughs> right? I have placed it squarely right here, and the Holy Spirit's working on him. So please continue to pray for Bill, because the only way we have life is through Christ. There's not another plan. There's not another option. It's only through Christ. So Ephesians 1.3, can we read that again? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't even joining that. I am too. Blessed. Is it 1.3 Yes, 1.3 again. again. Okay. Yes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. So number three there, all our actions can be done in Christ. Now this is a, if you want to circle something on your handout, all those verses on uh, three there, all our actions can be done in Christ, that's a great thing to circle. That is wonderful stuff to go home and soak on and how we can live our everyday lives in Christ and through Him. Uh, so let's start with 2 Corinthians 12, 19. Hadn't had anybody over here yet. 2 Corinthians 12, 19. You got it? Excellent. Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? Is that right? Mm -hmm. We speak before God and Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. Yeah, we speak before God. How? In Christ. Yeah, I don't. I don't get to talk to God unless I am connected, unless I am in Christ, and this is really good stuff. Philippians four thirteen. Anybody know that off the top of your head? Yeah, I can do all, which means I can win that baseball game, right? The bottom of the ninth, two outs, boy, I can dig deep, and I can do this through Jesus. Is that what that means? No, not at all. Qu putting that on your kids' jerseys. Um, it means when the suffering and the persecution and the torture is unbearable, we can do all things in Christ. Because there may come a day where the suffering and the persecution and the torture is unbearable. And when it does come, if that day does come, Philippians 4.13, I think we will get it right at that point. So all of our actions can be done in Christ, even on that day. 1 Corinthians 15.58. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Yes. What labor? 
It's kind of undefined, isn't it? Your labor. Like what? Every, thank you. Every kind of labor. The every is implied there. Whatever we do can be done for the Lord. So all of our actions can be done in Christ. Number four, all Christians together are one body in Christ. So Romans 12, 5. It's a pretty straightforward text here. Romans 12, 5. Miss Alicia, you got it? So we, being many, are in one body in Christ. Oh, can you read that again a little slower there? So we, being many, are one in Christ. Oh, no. One body. One body. In Christ. In Christ. And individually members of one another. So what does that graphically look like? If you drew that, it would look weird, right? I have no idea graphically how this works. I, I believe that this is a theological spiritual thing going on here because I am not like physically body-to-body connected with Tim, which would make for a really awkward life, right? So there's something spiritual going on here, but we are how many bodies? Yeah, but that doesn't feel right. Yeah, many but one. I feel like that's written on something in America. Yes, thank you. I was going to say... Why is my social studies teacher from high school in my head right now? Okay, good. You're good. Excellent. <laughs> I remembered something. That's good. Uh, therapy didn't work. So <laughs> All right. And then Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, this is a really neat analogy that, uh, that Paul makes here. I like this a lot. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. You got it, Miss Carrie? Excellent. So then you are not stranger, no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How far did you say? Through 22. Okay. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Yes. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So we're not just... Uh, it's almost disrespectful. We're not just one body. We are one body that is being built up together, which is fantastic. Now, I didn't highlight it, but I should have. John seventeen twenty one. So I want to go to John seventeen twenty one. But you were already in John fifteen five, so that's okay. This is the analogy that I was talking about, not the Ephesians two. There was not really. Well, there is an analogy in Ephesians two, but I like the one in seventeen twenty one. Who's got it? John 17, 21? Ms. Darla? Yep. You're going to back up one verse? My okay. prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those mm. who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So let me, let, me, let me back up here real quick. So John 17 is what? We're talking about Jesus is where? In the Garden, in the garden of Gethsemane. What's going to happen from this perspective tomorrow? He's going to be crucified tomorrow. Does Jesus know this? Yes, yes absolutely. So this, this, his, his last few prayers the night before, what is going on? So start in verse 20 again. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Yeah, so, so Jesus gives us this analogy here that he wants us, the body of Christ, to be unified like the Trinity is unified. 
That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a high bar. <laughs> Would we agree? Okay. So here's the cool thing. Is God the Father a distinct person from God the Son? Yes. yes. Is God the Father a distinct person from the Holy Spirit? Yes. Is God the Son a distinct person from God the Holy Spirit? Yes. So there can be distinction of persons in this unity. So the fact that we are one body does not mean that we are one person. God is not looking to, to uh, paint with peanut butter all, persona- all individuality. All, that is not what he's looking to do here. There are still going to be distinctions of person even in this unity, which is kind of cool. Right? So we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in point D. But let's look at point B. Christ is in us, which is really just shocking, right? I mean, Christ is in us. So John 15, 5, so one page back to the left, or two swipes, yes? <laughs> I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yeah, so, so we, we better be abiding in him, and he abides in us, and then there is fruit, there is productivity. And then Galatians 2.20? Did you know I was coming back to you? Oh, look at you. you got them, like, bookmarked. That's kind of handy. Uh, this is just history. Oh, history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a cool little feature right there. I'm going to have to make a mental note to make sure my app has a history function. What app is that? Uh, Mantis. Mantis. M A N T I S? Correct. So you're begging me to make a prayer, a prayer joke right here, and I'm not going to do it. So, uh-huh. all right, great. Galatians 2.20. <clears throat> I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives where? In me. In me! Woo woo. So you're telling me that a member of the Godhead is in me and in you. That's what it says. Yeah. That's what it says, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Christ is in us. Keep going. Yeah, I'm sorry. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Which is kind of almost a duh statement, because something's going to be different if a member of the Trinity is inside of me. Right? Okay, excellent. So point B, Christ is in us. C, we are like Christ. We are like Christ. Now, there's, there's really two kind of parts to this. So we're going to imitate Him, which then results in uh, us becoming like Him. So we'll just look at one verse about the imitation of Him. So 1 John 2, 6. Yes. He that saith he abideth in Him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Yeah, that makes sense, right? If I get up and say, I'm in Christ, there ought to be some familiarity there. Right? Okay. So, um, is anybody... Careful how I say this. Did anybody grow up in a very southern home? where the talk might have been a little more country? Yes. All right. Um, can, you, can, can you quote John 3.16 for me? 
Or not. You can just yeah, pick it. Mean, right. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Yep. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but everlasting life. Everlasting life. That's exactly right. Now, is there any evidence of what we just heard that you grew up in a southern home? Apparently so. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. Southern by the grace of God. That's right. <clears throat> Um, there will be evidence, there will be evidence that we look like him if he is in us because that's how salvation works. Salvation is literally a change. You're going from death to life. Someone who is now alive, who was not alive before, should look different than when they were dead. Would we agree? Yes. Have you ever been to a funeral? Yes. The person in the casket looks different than the people looking at the person in the casket. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who's dead and who's alive. Right? This is pretty obvious. Great. Okay. Just want to make sure we got this. Let's go to 1 John 3, 7. One page, one swipe. Now I'm going to say this all the time. I've got to break myself of this. 1 John 3, 7. So, so we're going we're gonna to look like him, and then we're going to actually be like him. So 1 John 3, 7, you got it, Miss Amy? Mm, this one First, little children, let no yes. one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Yes, which is awesome. Now, <clears throat> so John was an old man. Uh, he was actually a very old man. And he had this habit of calling people little children, even if they weren't little children. Uh, we have uh, records in church history uh, that we think are, are pretty, pretty good. It's not as solid as the canon of Scripture. That he was so old in, in his later years that he couldn't walk up to the pulpit himself and preach. He would have to be carried up to the pulpit. And he would lean up against a pulpit and he would say, Little children love one another. And then they would carry him down from the pulpit because he was done. <laughs> because for him... That was all of it. That was all of it. Because that's what he saw in Jesus Christ. That there was a love that was like no other. And Jesus called a lot of people little children. So he did it too, which is kind of cool. So 417. Let's go one more chapter over. Ms. Darley, you got it? In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. Yeah. We are what? Like We are what him? We are like him. We are like him. Whew. High bar, folks. High bar. Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. We are going to look like who? Jesus, which is awesome. Remember last week? Stamp, 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 stamp. We are going to look like Jesus. And then D, we are with Christ. Now, Gruden makes a small argument here in his notes. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you say, we are with Christ or Christ is with us, because... Um, <clears throat> Dave, are you with me? Yes. Am I with you? Yes. Yes. Does this make sense? We're good. Works either way. Great. All right, so Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 
I think one of the pieces of the Great Commission that we gloss over sometimes, you know, it's a big, hairy, audacious goal, but there's some help embedded in this big, hairy, audacious goal. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Y'all have heard of BHAGs before, right? You've got to have a BHAG in life, a big, hairy, audacious goal. So, yes. <laughs> and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Now, that's a big, that's a big, like, make disciples of all the nations. This is going to take a little bit of time. All right, let's keep going. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, now, we, just, we can't just stop with make disciples. Now, we've got to get them wet. All right, great. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And we can't leave them ignorant, okay? And lo, I am with you always. Yes. Even to the end of the age. All right, so we have a friend. We have someone who is going to go with us in this, which is something that makes all the difference. And then Philippians 1.23. Philippians 1.23. Now, have you ever... I don't want to get all... Uh, too sentimental, but have you ever felt the presence of God... It's, you know why? Because there's the presence of God with you. <laughs> right? This is not rocket science. Um, in a foxhole? Oh, fantastic, brother. I'm... There you go. What you have experienced here is not as present as present will be one day. And I want to be careful how I say this because we have the real presence of God with us right now, but it will be in a more direct, maybe that's the right way to say it, way at some point in the future when we are dead. Philippians 1.23. I'm just going to walk around slowly until, yep, get a head nod. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Mm. It's better. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Tomorrow is better for the believer. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.17, if you want to go there, um, it gets even better when Christ returns. 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's why it's better. Because it doesn't stop, right? This is amazing. Now, you see all those verses right there after union with the Father and with the Holy Spirit? So a lot of times we talk about, oh, you know, I've accepted Christ and Christ is living in me. Well, there's also verses that talk about us being in the Father and in the Holy Spirit. There's verses that talk about the Father being in us, John 14, 23, crazy stuff. I mean, so, so not just the Son, but the, like God the Father is in me. And then the Holy Spirit is in us, Romans 8, 9, and 11. So, so I'm going to mess with your heads. All three members of the Godhead are in us, and we are in them. What else do we need? There for your personal application, these are really good. Um, that number two 
is really good to go back and look at those verses that you circled with because that's the, the, the verses to, to connect those things. Uh, and then next week's scripture memory passage, yes, we will start with the scripture memory passage, is Galatians 2.20. Then crucified the Christ is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh to live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, if you look at the hymn at the bottom, what year is the hymn at the bottom? That is not a typo. There were people that were writing really good stuff long before we knew how to write. Right? Uh, this is Bernard of Clairvaux. Uh, fantastic. We actually, we think he wrote three or four different things. One of them is one of my favorite songs that my best friend from college uh, sings. Uh, it's not this one, but it, this one's very good. So, Jesus, thou joy of loving hearts, thou fount of life, thou light of men, from the best bliss that earth imparts, we turn unfilled to thee again. Thy truth unchanged has ever stood. Thou savest those that on thee call. To them that seek thee, thou art good. To them that find thee, all in all. We taste thee, O thou living bread, and long to feast upon thee still. We drink of thee, the fountainhead, and thirst our souls from thee to fill. O restless spirits yearn for thee, where'er our changeful lot is cast. Glad when thy gracious smile we see, blessed when our faith can hold thee fast. O Jesus, ever with us stay. Make all our moments calm and bright. Chase the dark night of sin away. Shed over the world thy holy light. That's good stuff. So, that's the lesson for today. Uh, and that concludes the fifth part of the doctrine of the application of redemption. So, the next couple of weeks, uh, actually the next several weeks, we will have some guest speakers. So I'm excited about that. Uh, one of the things that you guys may notice is that I like to teach all of the Wayne Grudem stuff. And when I finish the section on Grudem, I am ready for uh, a long-term coma. So I'm going to take a little bit of a coma. And I've got a couple of folks that are coming in to speak for a few weeks. So I am excited about that. I hope you are too. And uh, we will start that next week. So the handout at the middle of your table, the weekly update, make sure that your names are at the bottom of that. So I see two here, so we'll need one more. Um, and uh, if you've got any prayer requests, share those and uh, pray as a table, and then you are dismissed. Uh, thanks for coming to Sunday School today.